Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Haas Ridgway. Haas Ridgway is a comedian, musician, pastor, children's book author, father, husband, and now, podcast guest. We're going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. We, we are not on lockdown and locked up right now, right? We're here social distancing, wearing our mask, doing the right thing. I'm up here, you're there, okay? Oh, and everywhere you go, don't you notice that? Like every gas station has like little circles you have to stand on. It says, stay six feet apart. We're playing COVID cakewalk everywhere we go. I'm like, I hope the music keeps playing because I don't want to win. And if they start playing COVID twister, I'm out. Haas, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is so great to talk to you and have you on the podcast. Indeed, Haas. Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Good to be here. All right. Let's get down to business here. Um, you do a lot of stuff. That is correct. Yeah. Um, and you, while we were just kind of prepping for this, you said why you do so many things. Yeah, man. When you have ADHD, you got <laughs> to keep going, yo. <laughs> got to keep it moving. That's right. You're yeah. like, squirrel, that's a new job. It's yeah. watching squirrels. I got, now I'm a squirrel watcher. It's awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> Squirrel watcher. Uh. <laughs> I, I rattled these things off in the intro here. Comedian, musician. I, I listened to a, a song that you recorded uh, 2015, I think it was, a while back. Right. And um, you're a pastor. You've been a pastor for 20-something years. Is that about Since right? 1992, actually. So. Dang. Yeah. yeah so, just a few uh, years. Let's say <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> That's right. I can 30 years. It's crazy. Wow. I started when I was 18. I was a youth minister down in um, a little town in Alabama outside of Montgomery. So, mm -hmm. and then I've been doing it ever since. And then you, at, at, uh, you this, we're not plugging stuff now, but it's just trying to define where does all this stuff come from? You're a children's book author. You have a, a book that's on your website. Correct. Um, yeah, just, you know, this, this um, parable from, from India that I read in an, a book from 1930. Had this, it was like one sentence, and it inspired my whole um, book. And uh, because it, you know, it's it's really just, you know, it's about a bird trading its feathers for worms every day until it becomes flightless. And it's just to be encouraging to children to say, you know, you know, don't give yourself away to people who don't really care about you. You know, be who you're supposed to be, and don't let other people influence you because that's it's really just like a uh, autobiography of Hoss Ridgeway, You know. <laughs> Well, that's gold. I think we can just yeah. wrap up the podcast there now. You go. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, except what is the name of the book? It's called Seba and the Worm. And that's S-E-B-A? S-E, or no, it's C-E-B-B-A. And, and <laughs> it's just funny because my, my, uh, when my daughter was in second grade, I think she named all the characters. So. Oh, cool. And it's your daughter, Trenda. Correct. Who's Who a is... musician and artist in her own right. Yes. Man, uh, and she's also improvist, so she does oh, the improv gosh. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, well, uh, it, it was a pleasure. I got to meet her this summer when I met you um, down in uh, in the Indianapolis area, which is uh, you live kind of in that area. You're in Franklin, Indiana. Correct. So, uh, good job social distancing with us tonight. Uh, we're good, <laughs> no doubt, 250 miles apart. Well done. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So uh, now let's pivot and get to the comedy. Okay. Um, so with all of that stuff, my imagination goes, okay, youth pastor, pastor, you're accustomed to talking in front of people. And if you're naturally funny, you're 
gonna say some stuff that people are gonna laugh and then in your adhd brain goes maybe i should do that right that's my imagination am i close yeah so i mean every time i would do a youth talk down when i was a youth minister down in florida in the early 2000s you know i'd do a youth talk and people would be like you should try comedy and i'm like ain't nobody gonna let me do comedy you know and and, (laughs) let you and isn't that the best thing that we always think about it's like nobody's gonna let me do this (laughs) yeah and and i just got so much encouragement from so many kids and youth ministers and friends they're like you gotta do this and uh then we went to i went to a youth ministers conference and i'm at at ruby tuesdays in nashville tennessee early 2000s i'm making the whole table laugh there's like 12 people there and and they go you should go on stage tonight and i'm like I'm not going on stage tonight. It's Sonic <laughs> Flood is playing tonight, you know, at, oh, the, yeah. at the conference. And there's hundreds of youth ministers and they're like, no, you're going on stage. And I was like, they're not going to do that, guys. So I'm sitting in the audience and they had convinced the MC that I was a like nationally known comedian or something. <laughs> and he gets up and he's like, uh, Sonic Flood's running a few minutes late, so Ooh. we've asked uh, comedian Hoss Ridgeway to come up and do time. <laughs> and this and I, is your first time? This is my comedy? first time. No open wow. mics, no nothing. It <laughs> yeah. was like, okay. And I looked, I just remember there's like three steps on the side of the stage, and I thought, okay, um, they, they represent it's now or never. You know, mm-hmm. I took those three steps and I looked at my friends. I was like, what am I going to do? And they said, just do what you did at Ruby Tuesdays. And I was like, they don't want to, they don't want to see me eat. You know, and I was like, they're like, no, tell those jokes. And I, I did 10 minutes of, uh, you know, like this sermon of what if Chris Farley was your preacher? And I did an imitation of Chris Farley. Oh. And yeah. Awesome. And I, I meshed it with um, the church lady's little sermon where she's like, take the D from devil and you get evil. I don't know if you remember that skit, but uh-huh. sure. I, I put those two together in Chris Farley's voice. Killed it, and I've been booked all over the country ever since. Oh my gosh! So and and that's and that's how that works. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's it's such a timeless story. Everybody's got you know that story. Uh, No, they don't. Um, (laughs) I mean, I get I go hang out at these. You know, I never did a open mic until 2019, and (laughs) because my friends here opened a comedy club, and I started going and hanging out and. And just because I wanted to learn how to do, you know, club comedy instead of just church comedy. Yeah. And not that I dirtied anything. It's just that you have mm-hmm. to get to the punch quicker. That's all. Yes. And, and yeah. so I was recrafting all of my jokes on open mic. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm the 48 year old guy sitting around with all the 20 somethings and 19 year olds. And I'm like, OK, yeah i'm doing this you're kind of splitting the difference between me and aaron there so i think uh yeah we (laughs) we understand how you feel yeah right (laughs) uh and uh, one more question about that conference where you had your first stage time uh right roughly how many people were in the audience it was like 500 to 700 people yeah yeah, and that's that's pretty much how everybody gets started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I hear all these people talk about uh, well, my first comedy was like there was ten people in the room and nobody's paying attention. And oh, I was like, I would have I would have killed somebody to have ten people in the room right. the first time <laughs> yeah. I did comedy. There yeah. were um, certainly less than that. Uh, I brought five, right? <laughs> like to do moral support. Um, <laughs> well, and... it's not like it's not like I didn't want to do comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I was like from a, like when I was a kid, 
I we had a record player in the living room and these big giant over the ear headphones, and we had like four uh, comedy albums, and it was like two of Bill Cosby, yep, w- one of Jerry Clower, mm-hmm. and then another guy who did this thing called um, Phone Call from God. <laughs> And, and it was, and like, it was actually like a number one record on country, um, comedy, whatever back in the seventies. And I would listen to every one of those albums every day after school. And I'd memorize them because I would use little things that they would say in, in, in school the next day, you know, and I would be like, I heard Bill Cosby say this. And then I'd just do an impression and which I can't do a Bill Cosby impression, but, um, well, it's just, not simple. You just got right. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I would, but I would tell them because here's yeah. what happened. People made fun of me all the time growing up. And so, but if I made them laugh before they had a chance to make yes. fun of me, I controlled the room. Yep. And so comedy came to me that way. And I was always trying to be the funniest guy in the room, but yep. then I channeled it in, you know, 20 years ago. So, yeah. Well, this, this is the, uh, the part where me being a country DJ for about three years in the, uh, in the early nineties is going to pay off the, uh, <laughs> artist you're thinking of is Jerry Jordan. Yeah. And, and he's now no, no longer doing comedy, but he's doing art. He's like an incredible artist. And I, I try to go and thank people who have influenced sure. me. So I found his website and I sent him a note and I told him this whole story, you know? Wow. And I told him I've been on Huckabee and all this stuff. And he sent me back this note saying, you were amazing on Huckabee. You're hilarious. Your timing's perfect. And I was like, what? You know, I was like the guy that started my whole love of comedy wrote me a note telling me that he saw me on Huckabee. I'm like, woohoo. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you never want to meet your uh, your idols and influences (laughs) and your heroes, you know, because it just never goes well. Not all the time. Except you. Right. Um, and, and also be careful when you start comedy because it's always a little small room and it never goes well the first time, except, <laughs> except you. for me. Yeah. <laughs> now I've had, I've had my fair share of small rooms since then. Let me just sure. tell you, yeah. that, that, you know, it didn't go from 500 to 5,000. I mean, no. right away. No. But I mean, you know, it was like, not right the next away. Gig was, yeah. Well, <laughs> the next gig was in Colorado. Up at at nine thousand five hundred feet, yeah, <laughs> you know, five hundred feet from using approved portable electronics on a plane, <laughs> and I couldn't breathe, and it was like twenty people, and yeah, you know, they didn't feed me, and I didn't have yeah. a sleeping bag for the, you know, it was awful, but I loved it every minute yeah, of it, so, every minute, absolutely, yeah, um, and and from what I can tell, um, your your material and your your sense of humor and everything really started. When you were a kid. I don't know about you, but I've, I've got an embarrassing mom. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, listen, my mom would introduce me like this. She would say, this is my son, and he's husky. <laughs> I was like, what? You are husky. Look at you. And to be fair, the only place we could buy my jeans was Sears. Right over in this one little corner. And on the, on the jeans written in giant letters, it said, husky. You know? <laughs> Which is a Greek word. I looked it up. It means pick me last. And they weren't cool kid jeans either. Like when you're, you know, cool kid jeans are all soft. These are like four pair of jeans melted together. They made a sound when you walk. It's like, it was soft. Terrible for hide and go seek. Everybody's like, shh, listen for Hoss. He has husky jeans on. 
I think you can hear him sweat. <laughs> oh man, good times. Yep. Uh, I, uh, you really gave me a mental image of being a kid in church with, uh, we had the one kid in church who was in my grade in Sunday school and stuff. And he wore the Husky jeans. And then I had the slim jeans that were, um, tough skins with the plastic knees in them. Bro, they they had tough skins for Husky too. That's yes. that's well, what made the sound of the swishies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um the plastic knees, great idea to keep your knees from wearing through when you're a little kid crawling around on the floor all the time and stuff until you go camping and sit by the campfire. <laughs> and they melt right yeah. into the skin of your knees. And then right. you're fine. You don't realize it until you stand up and then <laughs> it just rips the flesh. <laughs> Stand up. I that. can't. Why not? Because it's molded differently now. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and that artificial knee put in. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so uh, your name Hoss. Right. You know, I, I hate to use the expression the elephant in the room, but um you're you're not a, a little guy. No, um, I'm Aaron I'm and five I are foot seventeen. Yeah, there you go. Aaron and I are both <laughs> sizable guys ourselves, um, and uh, it, it looks like um, you won the contest. <laughs> well, they said gene pool. I didn't know they meant I didn't have to pull that hard. You know, I was like, right. you know, there we go. Yeah, yeah. that's a terrible joke. Uh, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and so the question really is, is Haas your given name or is that a nickname? How did that come about? So. I my real name is really hard to say, and um, oh. it's Bob. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, <laughs> my name is 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 Richard Ridgeway, and it's a tongue twister. You know, oh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's a beautiful name because my it was given to me from my parents because my uncle died in Vietnam the year before I was born, and mm. his name was Richard Ridgeway. It's on the wall, um, but it's so hard to say. That when I got to college, my friends are like, you look like Hoss from Bonanza. Yes. That's your name from now on. And so, yes. and then it was so easy to say, and, and I just went with it. That was 1991. So I'm, I'm at 21 years of being called Hoss. So, or 30, 30, 30. I don't do math very well. That's okay. I, got, so, I, I mean, I've been called there. Hoss longer than I was called Richard. So, yeah. Um, And one of the reasons that um you and I, met over the summer uh down in um beautiful greenwood indiana at that's uh, correct at gutty's um right. uh, you knew to look for me because we had just had uh june colson on uh the podcast we'd had her on a clean comedy time show here in grand rapids and right. you know her somehow yeah we went to to junior high and high school together back yeah. in bowling green kentucky <laughs> so yeah and she came to my um in 2018, she came to my DVD shoot in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and she was like, I think the Lord's leading me into doing comedy. And I'm like, just go for it. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, um, you're going to play to a room full of 500 to 750 yeah. people immediately. Yeah. Tens of people are going to know <laughs> yes. your name. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and so she uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't like uh, launch her career or anything, but it was nice to connect in that way and now we've done several shows together and yeah you're and an even, encourager i try to yeah. be yeah yeah and having had the opportunity to meet you i, I would 
just say that about you generally. I don't even know, need to know that story about you. That's that seems to be who you are. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it seems to me that uh, you haven't always had full encouragement throughout your entire life. Oh, and when time to go to Spanky Town, you remember those days when you get in trouble? He had this other rhyme. If I don't know who did it, you all going to get it. And I'm the slow one. I got it first. Like on the basketball court, got a bad knee, go to the right, you score. But not then when it's time to go to Spanky Town, he becomes like Mr. Fantastic. His arm comes across the room. He's like, run for your lives. I'm caught in the tractor beam. And in one move, my dad could pull me across the room, turn me around, bend me over, pull out his belt that would magically fold in half right before he destroyed me. And you heard every belt loop on the way out. It's like... He was husky, too. Oh, and my mom would spank us, too. It wasn't as bad, but somehow, some way, my mom would come up with Dad's belt. She would just reach behind her. <laughs> and I'd be like, I can imagine my dad's in his office. He's a minister at a church. He looks down and goes, where'd my belt go? <laughs> well, I guess one of them did it. I hope they all going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's so funny to hear that uh, that clip because, of course, I just uh, witnessed you perform that uh, that bit in a pretty unique location, huh? Yeah, the the uh, virtual gutties in the metaverse. <laughs> that was a little bit different. The laughter didn't come as quick, but it came anyway. You know, it's like where did, where's the laugh? Where are the people at? They're there. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> That's just yeah. a little delay. Uh, 600 millisecond delay right uh, to be exact yeah and in oh. comedy that's forever uh, it is. yeah that's a knife to the gut if you're not oh, ready mm-hmm. for it <laughs> funny oh man well that's still less than a zoom show <laughs> uh yeah man i did a zoom show at the beginning of this thing and i'm like i tell a joke and i'm looking i could see the whole crowd of kids there was a youth group and like i dropped the punchline nothing <laughs> and then I'm going to start the next word. And then I see the whole room erupt and start high-fiving each other. And I'm like, okay, I've got to pause and like slow down. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, you're saying like my dad, he was, he, he, um, he was old fashioned, you know, Navy guy. Then he became a preacher and he just, he was like, you know, there's certain jobs you get because they're honorable jobs there. You get a paycheck and you do your thing. And, so I always like, I want to do comedy. And he's like, 10,000 comedians are out of work and you're trying to be funny, you know? <laughs> and that, that was his line. I think it had to do with that strike that was in the late 80s. down. Oh, in- yeah, sure. And so he was like, it seemed like he was telling me that I couldn't do that. And yet um, both of my comedy DVDs shot, he was in the audience. You know, he wanted mm. to be a part of it. He's gone to Huckabee backstage with me and he supports it 100% and said, I should have never said that. I should have just got behind you. And I'm like, it's okay. We, I mean, it, it seems so far fetched. What if I told you I was going to be a national soccer player? And of course he'd have been like, we don't do that kid. You know? <laughs> so we play football in this house. That's right. That's right. That's what my dad would have said. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I never even seen a soccer game when I was a kid. I didn't even know anybody who played soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought it was communist, you know? Yeah, only. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in um you grew up in a couple of different places seems like uh, but Bowling Green is kind of where you finished up high school and then you went off to college. Yeah. And that, um yeah, it makes it feel like home, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got that um you're 
in the Midwest, kind of the South, Mid-South, but, you know, it it just shapes, from my perspective anyway, it just shapes who you are. And then that, of course, how your comedy works. And when you put right. that then into a church setting as well. Yeah. Um, so as you as you move from that, for lack of a better term, homespun or down home um, and church, you talked a little bit earlier about working out at Gutty's to work out those um, reworking your comedy so it could be club funny. What do you see as the difference? Um, you mentioned getting to the punch faster, but explain more about that. So when you do a, a show at a church, um, it's like, you know, there's no time clock. You know, everybody came there to be to have fun. And, you know, you, you can give you a lot more grace. And I don't know, you, you've been if you've been in church on Sunday morning and the preacher tells something mildly funny, the, the crowd <laughs> loses their mind. And you're like, yeah, I, I heckle. Um, yeah, I'm like, that's not that's not a comedy joke, bro. No. You know? And, <laughs> and, and, and so a church crowd's kind of like that. They kind of, yeah. you know, you start killing it. And then I was, I opened for Taylor Mason out in Arkansas one time. And, and he was like, um, man, you did great. And he said, I have no complaints. He said, but you should come to New York open for me at a club because you're going to have like two minutes. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, bro, I got like two hours worth of material. And he's mm. like, not in the club. Do you though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I learned that pretty quick when I got to a club is like, if I put too many details in the story, mm-hmm. um, I lose them. Yeah. So, so I did just trim the fat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've worked with a number of um, mentors who, you know, it's edit, 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 and then right. edit some more. Um, the, the business think, term is called word economy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think, um, you, you talked uh, with me earlier, about you, you did some stuff on, uh, on the radio, uh, yeah. when you were younger. Yeah. So when I was in college, I just was like, I'm the kind of person that like, if I'm gonna try anything, you know, if I yeah. put my mind to it, I'm gonna go figure out how to do it. So, um, I didn't like working at Burger King and I thought I'd like to go work at the radio station. So my friend got me Still a job minimum wage, <laughs> right? Same price, you know, same pay. Yeah. So I was like, um, I went over and applied and they gave me the job of third shift watching the board for the radio truckers radio network, you know, at night, Yeah, just making sure that the signal isn't getting lost and you'd have to push this reset button, which I'm just like, why don't y'all just bypass that button? Because I mean, you're paying me (laughs) per hour to push that button every 22 minutes when it goes bad or whatever. And and I was like, man, I just want to be on the radio. That's why I got this job. So every yeah. night I went into the recording studio um, and figured out, I never even used one before. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one in the building, right? And so yep. I am I can look out the window of the recording studio and see the little light. If it goes off, then I know that I have to go push the button. So I made fake radio programs on, recorded them to a cassette that I brought with me, dropped it in the program director's box every night. And I was like, wonder what's going to happen. I'm thinking he's going to say, that's not why we hired you. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> instead, he gave me notes every time, like every oh, day. You went to school. You went yeah, to broadcasting he, school. He, exactly. He would and be like, paid for it. <laughs> yeah, don't do this. Uh, you don't tell them what they heard. You tell them what they're going to hear or they'll mm-hmm. change the channel. And, yep. you know, don't do this and get rid of your Kentucky accent and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so, and I don't know about. Four four weeks later, 
I get a note saying you're on Sunday night at uh, 95 XIL. You're going to be trained. And I was on the radio from there for a while. Boom. So, yeah. Boom. Yeah, nice. man. But I worked for that one. I mean, I put, put in some time, you know, I, they first started me with, okay, we're going to let you do the weather recording that people call into, <laughs> you know, <Yes>. so <laughs> I was having fun with that, you know, yeah, partly cloudy with a chance of rain. Yeah. Th- this sounds very much like a lot of, um, a first job that I had where I was uh, at a station overnight from basically 11 at night until eight o'clock in the morning. Right. And, uh, and the job was get the news feeds, write up stories, record stuff, make sure that the Larry King show is still on. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, uh, and then make the coffee. So when the morning guy gets there, he's got a cup of coffee and, exactly. and, and get out of his way. And, um, yeah, uh, but it was, but then I had resources. Um, uh, and, um, but it, how did you get out of that job? What did you get fired for? Well, I didn't get fired. What? You I, didn't work in radio. I'm sorry. No, I, no, it's just, <laughs> it was, um, you know, I, I, I got a job in Virginia in ministry. And so I left, um, you know, I'd finished what I was going to do at that school that I went to. I didn't say I graduated. <laughs> I was just like moving on and yep. um done with that now. Yeah, church hired me down in Virginia and I went to work full time in ministry. So uh that's the only reason I left that job. So Okay. Otherwise, you'd still be there doing the <laughs> Making weather. minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's uh yeah. one of the reasons I got out of radio is I worked my way down to minimum wage. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh everywhere I went, I got paid a little bit less over uh 12 years. And yeah, like, everybody yeah. thinks that radio is like, oh, you, you must get a lot of money as a DJ. Everybody, no, you you do that no. for the love of the game. Yeah, the only place you make more, uh, make less money or more money is, of course, doing comedy, um, <laughs> <laughs> where you have people who are asking, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go do an open mic. How much should I expect to get paid for that? Like, you are not getting paid. Yeah, and, and there's time. a two two item minimum that you have yeah. to buy. <laughs> yeah, you you are going to buy right drinks or food or something yeah. in order to get permission to be there, or you got to bring somebody, or you're going to pay five bucks or ten bucks for permission to be there, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Um, so uh, now I think I have one more thing on my little list of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, we, we covered your mom, your dad, uh, your daughter, uh, your early life. Uh, you're married. You, you have a lovely wife, Brenda. I do. We've been married for uh, since 94. Or so I'm bad at math. That's <laughs> Brian, like 28 math. years or <laughs> something. Yeah. So, 28 years. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and where did you guys meet? At Ohio Valley University, which is now closed. <laughs> oh, so because of COVID. Yeah. No, um, it's closed <laughs> permanently because of cash flow. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, yeah. the, unfortunately, that is happening to a lot of schools, uh, college, yeah. university level schools, where just enrollment's been down for the last couple of years so bad. And um, but um, yeah, so you guys met there. And it, do you have a story? Yeah, um, my cousin and her were like best buds and uh they call them sweet mates when they're like you know two dorm rooms and there's some like a room in between yeah and and yeah. so they were sweet mates and um they were supposed to introduce me and her when i got there and um it didn't happen but right away and and so we went we we went out my wife played basketball and she wasn't playing the year that i showed up but she played the years before i got there and and um 
and I'm just sitting at a table and this guy next to me and he looks at me and is like, you know, uh, B wants you to ask her out. And I was like, okay. And I just turned over and I was like, Hey B, um, Brenda B <laughs> yeah. like, um, you want to go hang out sometime? And she's like, yeah. And then that was it. And, um, <laughs> and a month later I asked her to marry me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and five months after that, we got married. So, wow. Yeah. You don't waste much time. Like, you no, know, get, on, get on the comedy stage. <laughs> well, and she probably right knew to that a 500 person audience. And, yeah. She knew you had ADHD. And if you waited any longer, Right. Yeah, you get distracted and go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did take us 10 years to have a child, but, you know, that's a different story yeah, altogether. Sure. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. It's clean comedy time. Friday, February 25 at The Listening Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Featuring our friend Simon Carlson. I like the greeters that they have at Walmart. They just put the old greeter out there and it looks like they're selling the new model of old person. It's scary. The new 2019 model has got a 5% larger oxygen tank and he's 10% less racist. Kara Karachi. So I'm really excited to be here, Taz. I'm married. Like, it is a blessing to be without my husband. And our special guest, Mark James Heath. I had a job at a call center, which I like to refer to as a phone plantation. We'll be there, too. Clean Comedy Time at the Listening Room in Grand Rapids is sponsored by Graphic Central and The Copper Vine. Show information is easy to find at cleancomedytime.com or at listeningroomgr.com. That's Friday, February 25 at 7.30 p.m. Which is also my birthday. And it's Clean Comedy Time. Welcome back. Uh, Haas, this uh, second half, I usually jump in and kind of take the reins uh, to walk us through this. And uh, a big piece of this second half is digging into both the good and the bad. So we like to find out what's going well in people's lives and dig into, you know, maybe why that's going well. And then also some things that uh, people might be struggling with. So Haas, what is uh, going well for you right now? Well, you know, I think what's really going well is that... um probably at the end of 2019, I put together like this, you know, bucket list of things I wanted to do. You know, I said, I want to be on, I want to go do a dry bar special. I want to go and warm up for Huckabee that works me into being uh, uh, on the Huckabee show. And I want to, you know, work with some A-listers and I want to, you know, just a bunch of things. And what's really exciting is over the last two years, every single one of those things happened, you know, and, and you got to be a little careful. You don't want to check everything off your uh, bucket list. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> you know, right. it might be about done. <laughs> don't worry. I created a new one. You okay. Know, all right. Good, good. And it's a lot longer. I promise. <laughs> you know, it's I did too many. It, it was just, you know, the connections that I made right around that time made all those things happen pretty quick. So that was pretty fun. So, um, you know, that's been going well. And then just, you know, people that uh, book things that have heard me lately have been like, hey, I need you to do that with me. And uh, I did a little gig with a guy named Mike Armstrong, who, you know, he's been on Comedy Central and HBO and everything. And he's like, hey, when I'm near you, you're opening for me. So I've been able to do that several times. And that's been fun. Cool. 
So what's uh like what's it like when everything kind of starts folding together and and falling into place? Well, you um it it just puts you on this high, you know, and and for me, I just had to be careful to not get like um full of myself. I don't want to do that, you know. I want to stay grounded. I want to stay the same guy no matter what happens. Like if I got a Netflix special or something crazy like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be unapproachable anymore. And so what I, t- I tend to do is like right before I did dry bar, I, I picked about 20 people that I feel like influenced me in some way. And on the plane, I signed up for the internet thing and I started texting and emailing everyone, thanking them for helping me get to that spot, you know, before so I it even... sounds like gratitude is a real yeah. important point in keeping yeah. you grounded. Absolutely. And I tried to find someone from my past every month to thank, you know, just to stay on that, that track. So, oh, very cool, very cool, and it's always someone to thank, not someone to, you know, rub their nose in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a few of those that I'd like to do, but that's yeah. you know that's not that a good. That wouldn't be very pastoral of you. No, it would not. <laughs> it's so easy though. <laughs> I know. Like yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to go find my bully from third grade, mm-hmm. you know, and just tower over him and go, "What do you got now, bro?" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not gonna do that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's nice. So so that's going well for you. I mean, it sounds like a lot of things uh, going well for you there. Just things yeah. kind of falling into place. And and the timeline is uh, kind of interesting there. You talk about the end of 2019 <laughs> making a bucket list. Not a whole lot of people have uh, been knocking goals out of the park during no. this last period of time. Well, it's like in 2020, um, I was nominated uh, in the Indie Star newspaper for best local comedian, ah. and I won. Now, what's hilarious is I don't necessarily use that accolade because I like to use it when I get up on stage and I kind of start with like, "Hey, they forgot one thing. I was voted best local comedian in 2020 by the Indie Star newspaper." And everybody <laughs> claps, and I was like, "Guys, it's 2020 when nobody was doing comedy." <laughs> I was yeah. like. Y'all yeah. don't understand. I got my first participation trophy, yeah. you know. At least you didn't come in second. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, uh, that would have been weird. been like, I'm second best non-working comedian right now. <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. How do you keep that uh, that gratitude and that, uh, that, that sense of uh, appreciation of the people that have contributed towards your success? Well, it just, you know, um, you just have to remember how you got where you're at. You know, there's, you know, nobody gets to where you're at by themselves. You know, that you, you watch these, these, um, you know, documentaries on like sports channels where there's this guy and, you know, or this famous basketball player and he talks about, you know, all the work he put in and, you know, but he didn't get there by himself. He had coaches and mentors and parents or friends that uh, encouraged him or taught him a little something or, you know, or someone who was a little better than them back in the day that made them, you know, work harder so they could be better. And, and you, none of us get where we're at by ourselves. And I just wanted to recognize that by telling the people who, you know, who got me there or pushed me or whatever, you know, you did this. So, well, I know, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is really good stuff there. And, and I know you and I had the opportunity to meet recently at the same location that you and Brian met at Gutty's Comedy Club in, in yep. Greenwood, Indiana there. And, and that was cool. You know, immediately, um, you know, I came up and I was like, Hey, uh, 
you You must be Haas. (laughs) Right, right, right. You must be Haas. And I think you know my buddy June. And uh, we kind of hit it off there. And and that that was good. Um, And then, of course, we we saw each other again just a couple weeks later in in the metaverse. In the old metaverse. That's right. For those of you who are not quite tracking with this, there's this thing called the metaverse. You wear these goggles and glove stuff, and it's a whole other world. And Aaron has been putting together a whole environment, and you might have even been reading about it online. And and <laughs> they and these uh, you've partnered with Guddies to make that happen, and uh, and Haas you've performed there. Yeah, it's it's a very unique um, experience to do, you know, comedy standing in my office with goggles on, and then when I take <laughs> them off, I'm like, oh. I'm in my office, but I'm <laughs> in my underwear. Not. Right, right. Uh, that have been weird. I think I would get fired for that. Like, <laughs> what's he doing in his underwear at his church office? You know. <laughs> so, but well, uh, that, I mean, that was fun having you come on. That was, uh, you know, we we are just getting started with this whole adventure with Gutty's uh, Comedy Club online, and and it's amazing to see people roll in. Uh, this morning at uh, six thirty a.m., I popped in to see how it was going. Uh, 6 30 a.m on a monday and uh the room was full and there wow. were people uh taking the stage and and cracking jokes and stuff and uh, last night at uh 3 30 in the morning uh there were two rooms full and and wow. all that but it was it was super cool for you to come in and and play that that first headliner role so i don't know if that was on your bucket list but uh hey look at being that being the first headliner at uh gutty's uh metaverse uh that's that's something you've accomplished. Hey, it, it was it was kind of neat. Of course, when we wanted to go to a different room, I clicked on the button and I showed up and I'm the only one there. It was kind of like a nightmare. <laughs> it's like, this is what my dreams are made of, you know. That's right. And we like, all oh, no. That. <laughs> and one one yeah. girl walks in and, and she sits down and she's like, oh, there's no one here. And I was like, well, I'm about to go on stage. She's like, oh tell me a dark joke. And I was like, and that's when I got the request to go to the right room. And I was like, I'm going to say, Oh, wait a minute. I'm leaving. And then whoosh, I was gone. You want to see a magic trick? (laughs) That's right. And then of course, when I left, I was like, Oh, I do have that one fun, clean, dark joke. And and that's this one. I'll tell you, I was sitting at a table one time and these kids go, Hoss, you're a giant. You should be a superhero. And I was like, I can't be a superhero. And they're like, why not? I said, because my parents are still alive. Oh, and that's a, <laughs> that's a dark, dark joke, nice. y'all. So, yeah. so you told her that joke? In, I did not. The, I wish okay. I did because oh. that would have worked. I was going to say, yeah, that's uh, you know you've arrived when in the metaverse you're you're yeah. delivering uh, punchlines to a single person. Right. Yeah. That's right. No, I I pushed that little escape button and I was gone. You know, wow. it's we need those in real life. Those little yeah, need, escape buttons. I've needed one of a few uh, church services, you know, too. So <laughs> right. Right. All right, Haas. So outside of performing to one person audiences in the metaverse, uh, what's something that you're struggling with right now? Well, I think uh, the the main thing would be um, knowing that as soon as my dry bar um, takes off, because I'm thinking positively about it, you know, and if it does really, really well, that means that everybody knows my sweet spot material. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so all yeah. of a sudden, all of those things I've have, I've given them over to uh, being, becoming possibly viral where everybody's going to know those jokes. And 
I've got to fill the time that I, I'm given with just as good quality comedy as what's on that, you know? And so just, you know, writing and trying out stuff. And, you know, I, I'd spent 20 years doing comedy for youth groups in, in like one denomination for the whole time all over the country. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm now breaking out and now it's going to be like, okay, what am I going to give the rest of, you know, the rest of the next 20 years, you know? And so the struggle is just, um, getting out of my head and, you know, not, or just trusting the new stuff, you know, and, and, and some of it's working really well. And, um, that, that's been a, a challenge. I guess the other challenge is, um, being organized, um, uh, with all that I do in my life, you know, a few times I've double booked myself and this mm. happened many, many years ago. I, I, I booked myself in Indiana and Washington state. <laughs> that's the that's same a tough night. commute. Yeah. It's a stretch. <laughs> so when I realized that I was like in a panic and I, I sat down and I, I had to actually sadly choose the one that paid more, you know, cause I had no choice, you know, cause I, I, I couldn't remember who was booked first, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so then I hired a guy to do that for me and, and he's real busy right now. So I've been doing my own thing and, and then I double booked myself on February 5th, but it was both of those were just like opening uh, things. So that was a pretty easy to get out of. So I'm, I'm uh, the struggle is just like, you know, balancing life, you know, balancing the time that I can have with my 18 year old to help her launch her life, you know, and balancing the time that I have with my, um, my church and preparation. And so, you know, I kind of have this daily divide that I do now. It's like when I'm at church until, I'm off of work at four, which is never really off when you're a minister, you know, just when mm-hmm. I leave the office, I don't do any self-promotion for my comedy during the day. I focus on church stuff. And then in the evenings, that's when I'll post things about an upcoming show or something like that. That way, if anybody's like, Hey, are you only just doing comedy? I'm like, check the timestamp, you know, check when yeah. I did that. That was when I was off, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then just getting rest when you, you have two jobs when you, you know, have to pay your bills and, and do a comedy show on a Friday, you got to work until four and then drive two or three hours somewhere to do a show and then drive two or three hours home and get home at two, you know, those kind of things have been the, the, the biggest struggle. I mean, I love every bit of it, you know? Yeah. But there's those moments where everybody on the outside is like, you're going to wear out. I was like, well, it hadn't happened in 20 years yet, but whatever, you know, I hear you. Thanks for the well, tip. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's in her, I mean, you, you covered a lot of ground there. You hit a lot of, uh, a lot of really important points, but you kind of, uh, kick things off by talking about a little bit of the uncertainty and fear about, uh, achieving success, you know, about right. finding that, that big opportunity, that big break that, you know, it could very likely, uh, lead to millions and millions of views and, and your stuff being out there. That's, right. uh, yeah, that's that's a little scary. Yeah, and and so in choosing what to put on the show, you know, I held back all my musical comedy, all my songs and and things like that because I wanted I I wanted something to be like, oh, he plays a guitar. You know, I don't want anybody to be like, he's just a musical comic, you know. So I just yeah. did, you know, some categories and I held back different bits and stuff that I've been doing for a long time because I was like, I want that still on my road show, you know? Yeah. And for your second special, <laughs> there you go. I like yeah, how you think, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Right. I'm like, when I come back, 
we're going to yeah. do all musical comedy, you know, whatever. Right. And, you know, you, you touched on another point there too. Uh, when you're doing as many things as you're doing to uh, get some time in there for self-care, get time in there for relationships yeah. with the family, get time in there for just rest and rejuvenation. How, how, how do you accomplish that? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like today is Monday's my day off at, at the church. Right. So, and there's not a whole lot of comedy going on on Mondays. So, <laughs> Except um, for 6.30 a.m. Uh, in, in, in the, the metaverse. metaverse right? yeah. Yeah. But I and just thought. 6.30 p.m. recording of a podcast. <laughs> Which is great because there was six hours or 12 hours in between that. See, I'm bad at math, y'all. I can't do math. Um, and so, um, I mean, that's why I don't do drugs because I don't understand the grams thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wrong measurement, I guess. I'm like, oh, how God. many ounces is that? I can't tell you. Anyway, but that was a terrible joke. I've never done drugs ever, by the way. And so I could tell that joke would have been way better if, no, if, if, if I had known what I was not, talking about. We do not endorse drug use on this. No, we do not. <laughs> Today, I just decided that I wasn't going to add anything to my schedule. There's like, you know, I could go work on knives. I do little hobby stuff or whatever. I could go do some running around town or shopping or, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I just sat at home and I didn't, didn't even turn on the TV much. I just enjoyed my day of rest, you know? And yeah. so when mm. your body says it's time, you just rest. And if I go do a show somewhere and I have a hotel, I go, can I have a late checkout? And I just sleep in, you know, I catch up. I mean, I know they say you can't catch up, but you know, it's important to rest when you get a chance, you know, yeah. you can, you can flood your life so bad that you're at the point where you feel like you can't please anybody. And I just don't want to get to that point. So Haas, uh, it's easy to find you at HaasRidgeway.com. That's H O S S R I D G E W A Y.com. Correct. Uh, and right there on the front of it, there's, there's you, there's comedy, there's ways to book you. Um, uh, and you've got a promotion going right now for Siba and the worm. Right. Um, the dry bar that you shot in May, uh, everybody we've talked to who does dry bars, you never know when that's going to show up. Right. Um, and so I asked they, them like, when. Yeah. so I've already seen it. Like they sent me the rough cut, uh, mm -hmm. last month. So that means there's progress, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, so they, they, they told me that it would be like May or June ish, you know? Okay. So. They told me when I recorded to be nine months to 12 months because wow. they were doing like six comics every weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. When they started, it was everybody was doing 40, 45 minute sets and then they trimmed it down. To, you did a 20 minute set. Is that right? Um. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that they can do shorter specials and more of them. Right. And uh, uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it when I get a chance. But uh, if you. Uh, if we wanted to point somebody to you other than through HossRidgeway.com, uh, social media, things like that, where where do you yes. like to interact with people? So Facebook, I use my personal page for most of the stuff. And uh, I mean, I have 5,000 friends, so people have to just follow and not, mm -hmm. um, you know, friend me because it doesn't work. But anyway, um, or I can just bump people off like a guy named Aaron Sorrell or whatever. Anyway, yeah. so I can do hey, that. Hey, that's me. Oh, that's you. Oh, my bad. Ooh, I forgot what podcast I was on. I thought I was on. No, it's and um, or or you could follow me on like uh, Instagram. It's Hossage. You know, it's like you've heard of the Ice Age. Now you're living in the Hoss Age. Uh, that's his. Oh, uh, I thought you were saying Hossage like sausage. It's it what is. everybody says. And I'm like, well, I totally missed, you know. 
what I was trying to go Missed for. The boat on that one. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same on Twitter. So, um, so I'm not really you... good at the whole tweeting thing, but yeah. Yeah. We can follow a link to Hossage and Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That, yes. That, that was brilliant, by the way. That was yeah. That okay. was uh All right. quite punny. All right. Uh, great. Uh, Haas, uh, thank you again for being uh, on the Clean Economy Time podcast uh, right. and for joining us on the Metaverse as our first headliner. Um, absolutely wonderful talking to you. You got yeah, it, man. Yeah, thanks, man. We've we've completed the trifecta. We've met in person in the Metaverse and now on, on the podcast uh, all within about a two-week span. Truth. <laughs> truth. We got it. Well, you guys have uh, a great time and... And everybody share my pot or my dry bar when it comes out, like share it with all your friends or find a robot to keep playing it. You know, <laughs> they can tell what a traffic light looks like. So that's right. That's right. That would be important. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers and other events. Our shows are free from forced language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you.